Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch us, too. You can head on over to supertalktv.com. And today we're going to hear from Steve Azar. He's music and culture ambassador of Mississippi. Recently, his song, One Mississippi, has become our official state song. And it's turning into a children's book. And joining him is author and illustrator Sarah Francis Hardy. Hey guys. Hi there. Sarah Francis, you get to go first. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go first, Steve, because One Mississippi was your idea. It was your brainchild as a song that caught wind and now is our official state song. How did you sort of get inspired by that and then it roll into this idea for a children's book? Well, first of all, I'm so excited that Sarah Francis has joined with me. Uh, I'm a fan. I had her on my show uh, well before uh, we conceived the idea. But um, obviously, I wrote the song for the Bicentennial um, back in 16 for 2017. I actually debuted it in Sheriff Francis' hometown of Oxford, where she lives now, and uh, at, at uh, William Faulkner's home there. Uh, the first time I ever played it, and when I walked off after playing it, someone walked up to me and said, that needs to be our state song. And so the funny thing was, everywhere I played it for the next three and a half, four years, uh, before it ever came up, actually to, uh, you know, in legislature, it actually, uh, everywhere I went, I mean everywhere, somebody would say that when I'd play it. And so uh, I don't think I'm smart enough to think that far ahead. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I-, I did love writing the songs. I do love our state like you know, like you guys do. And... I want to, you know, now that we have this song and I've seen so many kids singing it with uh, with with such joy and pride, and when I've done it together, I've had so many uh, text messages from friends putting their babies to sleep with it playing or either their kids learning it at school, at certain schools, and they're sitting in front of their computer trying to sing it or say it. Uh, and now we have Sarah Francis, who is just brilliant. I've seen the work that she's done on this so far, and every time I just stop because it's seven beautiful children. Sarah Francis, I hope I didn't mess that up. I think it's seven, and that she's created, and they're literally taking you uh, through a walk of the lyric. Every page that you turn is the lyric, and then they're acting out the lyric, and they're uh, articulating what the lyric is all about in the history of our state and just really grateful, and we're excited about this book. Sarah Francis, when you first heard Steve Azar unveil One Mississippi in Oxford, could you have fathomed that, I don't know, however many years or time fast forward, that you would be partnering with a children's book? Well, no, I could not have imagined any of this. I mean, it's... it's. Um, 
I, I feel very blessed and, and grateful to have been leased in on this project. The song is so good. I, I mean, Steve is so talented, and um, the the lyrics really lend themselves to all the wonderful things you can think about going on in Mississippi. I mean, it's just such a positive song, and um, I, I'm having such a good time with it and and yes steve you're right there's seven children and they are they are walking through the lyrics and um kind of illustrating what's suggested by the lyrics it's um it's just a great project and no i could not have imagined any of this uh steve and i had a mutual friend who who put us together and it's it's just been great well, I know you've got a background, Sarah Francis, in writing children's books and as well as illustrating them, but also authoring them. You know, you don't think about it until you think about it being a children's book. But when you think about One Mississippi, one thing we always say is, look at our kids. They don't they are taught certain things. They don't come into the world knowing them. And when given their ability to just roam and be be with each other, they get along. They're such, you know, diverse in their friendships and, you know, they they get over whatever. And then we mess it all up as we become adults. So I think it being a children's book, it's like the perfect sort of combination of the message. And then the to the future, which is the next generation. Yeah, you are. You are so right. Um the the group of kids who are populating this book they're a diverse group of kids and and you're exactly right it's 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 something that kids do naturally that everybody plays together um and we're all part of this state uh and and i think the song brings it all together and i'm trying to do that with the illustrations as well and and i do think that is what children's books do really really well is they they find the commonality in everyone and the joyful parts of, of just being a kid. Yeah, and then, too, you're going to turn around. Parents are going to read it. So even though the message is for children, sometimes they get it by osmosis, hopefully. <laughs> and yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's just sort of a beautiful way to sort of spread spread that joy. I mean, Steve, I know you've thought of a lot. You're a creator by nature, and you're branching into a lot of things I don't think you ever recognized you would, like cooking being one. Love your post, by the way. Did you ever think children's book author would be would be part of your, your uh, bio? Thank goodness for no, and thank goodness for Sarah Francis, because I guess that, that'll be the case. You know what's funny is, uh, it's not funny because Sarah Francis is probably going to, when we get off, she's going to go. I think I want to think about uh, our partnership. It took a lifetime for me to live the lyric of One Mississippi, but it only took me a, less than a day to write it. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to back up and use my lifetime because... As part of, of my uh, negotiating chip now that I've opened that up, because Sarah Francis has worked her tail off. She's had to, when she's, I asked her the other day, you know, you, you think about the hard work that she's putting in. First of all, creating these beautiful children uh, and representing Mississippi so well. And, and then um, she has to do it over and over on every page and have all the things that, that, or working with the lyrics. So it's constant drawing these kids over doing different things. And uh, it's not like singing the chorus over and over. Once you got the chorus, you're good to go. I mean, so she's really working hard. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm just grateful for her and what I've seen. I mean, I love it because she goes, well, what do you think? And I'm going like, well, what am I supposed to say? It's absolutely mind-boggling perfect. 
Sarah Francis, when you're thinking of those seven representations for the children that will be in the book, One Mississippi, did they come to you easily? Did did you draw inspiration from either your childhood or maybe if you have children's, their friends? Or did you do a little homework to make sure everything was represented? Um, well, all of the above. And, and first of all, I cannot let all those kind words pass without just saying thank you. Thank you, Steve. I feel like you did the hard work with writing the song because I, I couldn't have written a song or the lyrics that you came up with. So thank you. Um, but the children, I actually, during, during the COVID lockdown, I started drawing these little characters. Um, and, and there were even more than these seven, but, and I would put masks on them and, you know, just made stickers and things like that for kids to take to school. And so I, I loved these little characters that I had drawn and I had been wanting to do something with them. And so when I heard Steve's song and started thinking about how to illustrate it, it's it's not as much fun for kids to just look at pictures of, you know, the landscape or of a car driving down the road or, or whatever, but it's really fun for kids to see themselves in these landscapes and doing things in these landscapes. So I knew I wanted to, to have a lot of action on each page. And, yes, I did work hard. I tried to, to do a good representation of different different races in the state and um, the kids all look a little different from each other. And I, I did, I did work hard to, to try and give a good representation because kids want to see themselves. Absolutely. That's, that's really the most important thing. And we'll also speak and share, you know, the story of Mississippi in an appropriate way with a beautiful song and beautiful lyrics. And I think it's just going to be a really nice package. So I know what everyone likes to say is, well, when is it going to be done? And so do you have a deadline <laughs> or when will it be out for families to be able to enjoy? Or is that to, to be determined? Francis, let me jump in and say I, this. Uh, it's, it, she's getting close and she's honing in. Our goal is to put it in every K through three hands, uh, every kid in the fall, if it can happen. That's our goal, and and hopefully it will happen, uh, and that they'll have it in their hands. But we we got a lot of work to do uh, to go out and make sure that we've got it. You know that that those fees covered for them and and all that. And then after that, if every kindergarten year you get a book, every kid gets a book. I think it'd be great. You know, you, you guys said something that's very important. I mean, when those impressionable years, when you're that young, um, and you, you haven't gotten quite an attitude just yet, the teenage years, you know, like, trust me, I had one. And, um, but it's that innocent time where you're so open to so much. So I think we're, I'm just excited. So hopefully the fall is the end. Well, we're all excited, Sarah Francis. You'll have to come by, bring a book. You're welcome back on Good Things when it gets ready. I will. Congratulations to you both, and thank you for your time. I'll bring my guitar, you bring the book, and we'll meet in the middle. Perfect. I'll hold it to you. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
good things on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can watch good things, too, on Ceasefire TV, which you can find us on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel, which I believe is a little cold and blah today on most parts of the state, but... No weather alert, so we will we will take that. Over on the Good Things Facebook group, we've been having a lot of fun today uh, talking about things that were more challenging to accomplish than you'd expect in the beginning. And we were just talking with Steve Azar, talking about writing a, ch- a children's book, which technically he didn't write the children's book. He wrote the song, One Mississippi, which the lyrics are being turned into a children's book. But I would say if anyone who has ventured out to complete a project like a children's book or just writing their first book, you may not really realize all the challenging aspects of getting to the finish line. Maybe you signed up for a marathon and it was a little more tougher than you thought it would be to get across that finish line. But that's just two sort of examples. There's a lot of different kinds of where we set out into the great unknown and we have a goal or whatever it may be. And yeah, it may be just a little bit harder than you gave it credit for. 601-879-4395. Now, my favorite response so far is from Jason Stoger, who says, parenting. It's true, right? Like, everybody, those are, that is a journey no one can warn you how tough that's going to be until you're in the thick of it. And it's different at different stages. Infant stages has different, when teenage stages, different adult stages, being parents of adults, kids are, is sort of different. But I think for those parents who are engaged in care, you're like, oh, this is a little tougher in certain parts. Some days more than others than you may have thought it would be. And I love this because oftentimes if we knew how difficult something was going to be, then we probably wouldn't have stepped out and sort of started or done it. And then when you find yourself in the middle of it, you keep pushing forward and you finish and then you have a great sense of accomplishment after everything just stops parenting. Most don't anyway, for the most part, even when the times uh, get tough. So, Rhino, what would you fall? What would fall in here for you? Well, mine sounds silly compared to something as big as parenting. No, I have a silly one, though. Because the first thing I thought of when it's like, okay, this this seems really simple. Like, all of the parts of this are very simple. Probably some of the simplest within the field of which I'm talking as far as cooking. I, for the life of me, have yet to make a decent-looking poached egg, which seems like it would be super simple. You, you're cooking an egg. It's one of the most basic, fundamental cooking things you can do. And you're cooking it by boiling water. And dropping it in there. Which is literally like the very first thing you learn about any kind of is how to water boils. Put it in a pot, put it on heat, and boils. Magic. Crack an egg into it, poach an egg. It seems like it would be the simplest thing on earth. Sometimes those are the hardest, though. But I, for the life of me, it's going to have eggs running all over the place. It's going to have the... It, I can get close to a good one, but it's never going to look like you would get it at a restaurant. In the realm of cooking, to me, pancakes are more challenging than you than some give them credit for. If you get the right sort of consistency, number one is the hard part, like how you like it or how your family likes it. It's either super thick or it's too thin. It's getting that right consistency. And then putting, getting them even in the pan or on the pan so they all cook even. If you don't have, I guess if you have like a flat, top or an iron top it's much easier but for us peasants we just have our little skillets or whatever so we're doing the best we can and then there is some skill to flipping it at the right time and getting it cooked sort of all the way through now eating making edible pancakes easy peasy making really good 
quality uniformed pancakes it's a little harder than than you think so my silly one you know that's definitely not like in the realm of parenting or anything actually that actually matters i had no idea when we set on this adventure uh, to build a house the hardest part would be picking out paint colors for the love of all things holy why are there so many different shades of what seems to be the same color and it's one of those things where if you allow yourself to fester you start to go down rabbit holes you start to read things you start to contradict the information that you're reading and now you have spent a small fortune in paint samples uh, from around the from around town which you could probably paint your entire house with by this time but it would be a smorgasbord of rainbow light colors and you're still just as confused as you were the first time you had an idea I literally had no clue how difficult it would be to narrow it down to pick something so permanent that you're going to see every day. But I feel like that's also personality because, Rhino, I'm going to assume if you were building yourself a house or had to pick out a color, it would be that one and it'd be over. Yeah, that's uh, it reminds me of going to the hardware store and they're like, oh, you got these little samples of carpet and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I could carpet a whole room with just these little samples one at a time. Now, there are some things that I've made super easy choices. Give me the basic, borderline, whatever. I don't care. Just it doesn't bother me. But for some reason, the paint selection has just struck a nerve of my, you know, undecisive, need to get it right, perfectionist sort of mentality. And I wish I could just be on, like, hometown and then write them the check for the, for the you know, um, all the work and then not be allowed to come until reveal day like there's so much pressure taken off of you when it comes to that you lose a lot of control but at the same time there is a sense of relief that comes with someone else smarter than you is making all of those choices matthew the bagpiper says replacing the heater core in a 2003 volkswagen beetle was more challenging than he expected in the beginning i would assume I've had a That'd couple be. curveballs from working on vehicles where you think, ah, oh, this will be simple. And then it's like, okay, I have to take off this part of the front end. I have to turn the wheel all the way to the right. I have to remove the fender liner and reach in to unscrew it and then come over the top. And it's like, who designed this thing? Folding a fitted sheet is more challenging than you would have thought. Do you actually have to, do you fold, do you fold your fitted sheets? From, do you, oh, okay, hold on. Let me back up. Do you even have more than one? No. I have a fitted sheet. So you take it off, you I wash, wash it, it, I put it back on. And then you put it back on. So there's never the need to fold and store. Although I do have two sets of sheets. I just only have one fitted sheet. So, so that's Because the second set of sheets did not come with a fitted sheet. My mind is exploding. How do you distinguish top layer from bottom layer? I mean, the fitted sheet is the same for both. <laughs> You okay? You have a fitted sheet yes. that came with two top yes. sheets. No, I have a fitted sheet that came with one set of sheets. I have a second set of sheets that did not come with one, so I just used the same fitted sheet. Well, then that's not a set of sheets. You have to have the fitted sheet for it to be a set. I did not know that. I figured if you got pillowcases <laughs> or and some, a sheet, somebody and is screaming right now. They remember the old school 
clamp things before the fitted sheets started to have the elastic in the, I guess it's... Um, oh, yeah, the bed suspenders. The bed suspenders. The little alligator clamps. So you could create a fitted sheet out of any of them. The only reason I'm pushing back on that would just be you. it would have to have a way of staying... It's fitted for... You know, for reasons, so you don't get in, and it's all sort of, sort of squirrely. But I see that. But there are those who have multiple sheets, multiple sets of sheets. Um, I'm not far uh, beyond you. I have two. I have two full sets. So, so I, I have one and three quarters. So sets. technically, I only have one fitted sheet more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to get down, really down to it. And so they do get rotated every so often um but there's always a favorite so but the folding of the fitted sheets those are the tiktok viral videos and things uh, or things that go viral because it's mind-blowing like you why is this so hard why is it so hard to get the fitted sheet you know to to be able to sort of um just be able to be put in a in a cabinet without looking like you just did the whole whoop-de-whoop roly-roly and shoved it in there because you had a a, a wee bit of a, a wee bit of a meltdown, but we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what was more challenging to accomplish than you expected in the beginning, or you can also flip that. What is something you got started and they were like, "This is going to be super hard," and you, I guess, sailed through it or found it to be a little bit easier than um, expected. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Things I mean, on the just- flip side, working on vehicles, I was supremely surprised by how easy it is to fix the thermostat on a relatively new Dodge Charger. Because my work with thermostats on older cars, you got to take the radiator hose out, take the thermostat out, get the new thermostat, put it in, make sure it's going the right direction, put the radiator hose back on and all that. On mine, the housing and thermostat and all came as one piece for the same price as a regular thermostat. So I just literally unbolted, took it off, bolted it on, put it back on bled the system. It was done. It's nice when you're pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. We'll be surprised by who's joining us next. We have Peyton Aldridge coming up here on Good Things. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also stream us from the Supertalk Mississippi app and your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And tomorrow you can stream Peyton Aldred's new song. He's joining us today to catch up from Cleveland. Hey, Peyton. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. You've been busy, man. I have. I have been really, really, really busy. So are you still in the midst of basketball season? I know that you coach there in Cleveland, or have you had to set aside those to sort of chase new dreams? 
No, I'm still in basketball at the moment. We've got our we got our junior high district tournament this week, and uh, so hopefully basketball keeps going to about the 20th of February, then all the way to make it to the state championship, and so that's our goal. So hopefully. I'll be done after that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I love that you're trying. You're still balancing it all and keeping there oh, connected in the town of Cleveland. Um, but you got some big things on the horizon when it comes to your music career. So tell us what happens tomorrow. It's a big day for you, Peyton. It is. I'm so excited. I'm finally getting my uh, uh, song, another country song, to debut on the radio. So I'm finally excited about that. And Finally, about the hard work that's coming through, and finally get to hear myself on the radio for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. So, what's the name of the song? It's called Another Country Song. Oh, okay. So, so I heard it as I got another country song, but that's the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most time people ask, "What's the name of it?" Oh, it's Another Country Song. What's the name of it? It's Another Country Song. <laughs> I fell for it. I fell for the joke, Peyton. Okay, so that's give funny. us a little background with it. What inspired this song? Is it an original? Yeah. So what it is, I've actually got this song pitched to me by my friend Mark Colley, and uh, he's been a mentor to me, and I mean, people know who Mark Colley is, he's a big guy in the 90s, and still today, he's getting back on the road, still doing stuff, and he's got hits with everybody, from George Strait to Garth Brooks and everybody, and he took me on, and uh, he's been a really good friend of mine, a mentor, and he's had this idea, and he was like, man, check it out, let me know what you think, and immediately, I fell in love with it. Because, number one, it, I mean, I could just see the whole picture. And when you hear the song, it tells the story exactly. And I can just picture it. So I, that's why I, I fell in love with it and it really hits home to me. So how does it work? How do you go from, or you have a song, some just go straight to streaming and then others make it to the radio. Now, again, it could be both. I don't know. I don't know the, inner, the in and out of the business. How did you yes, know ma'am. that this one was actually going to make it to the radio? Well, my whole team believed in me and believed in the song, and uh, and uh, it just kind of happened, all the hard work. And, uh, you know, I've tried to get on the radio and stuff before, but just like being a young kid not having really a good song, you know, I mean, it's hard for them to not saying, well, your song's not good enough for this. But as you said, keep trying, keep trying, and thank God we finally got something. I think it's really going to be a really, really, really solid song. I think it's one of the best songs that I've ever had a chance to be a part of, and uh, I think it's going to be really special, and all the radio stations believe in me, so, so I'm excited for it. When we were um, supporting you through the journey of The Voice, you could yes, tell us, like, hey, Thursday night at 7 p.m., tune in or whatever. Do you yeah. know what time tomorrow, like your song, another country song, will be airing or could air yes i I know i know where it's gonna be airing at first i know i've got a radio interview in the morning at about seven o'clock so yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be on bright and early well that's uh, really that's so exciting will you sit in the car and actually listen to yourself absolutely i think i'm gonna be in my car at 5 45 waiting on it Well, I mean, I think this just, as you mentioned, this was years of, you know, hard work in the trenches, uh, grinding away, but also, you know, dreaming of this sort of day. So when you think about when you first, when, you know, or take us back, when did you first start thinking of like music as a potential career or when did you first start dreaming of it? Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I've always, I say, I've always been around it and always done it, but I think what really sparked me is when, uh, the judges at The Voice, really, I got a chair turn. I think that's what set the fire into me, and which I know that this is always what I wanted to do. And uh, But also at the same time, you've got a family. And, all of a sudden, and at the same time, it's kind of hard to balance your time between doing music and doing family. And I will say that I wasn't the best at always being there 
with my family during the music because I got caught up in that crap. But now it's just it's hard, and I got a good support group, and I got a wife behind me that supports me, and I think that's what makes it better and pushes me to keep going. So I've got a really good support group, and I've got people behind me, and they know what this is what I want to do, and they're just behind me. So I think that's what's kind of set the fire under me to give my well, family a better opportunity than what they, we would have had. So. In fairness, Peyton, there's a lot of professions that get out of balance when it comes to work-life balance. So artists aren't the only one, but it's always oh, good right. to have folks pulling you back, pulling the reins back just a little bit. you just got to be, you know, uh, mature enough to hear them and to, and to recognize when, when to find that. Fi- you'll always be balancing it out, let me just say it that way. No, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. you also balance in there a lot of gigs. I know you've got one coming up, I think, this weekend in your hometown of cleveland what's going on this saturday oh i'm so pumped man we're playing at the bologna performing arts center and i actually get to headline my own show there i mean this is a dream come true from watching shows there i never thought that i'd be on that stage as soon as i am and uh, i'm just very blessed to have alongside with me morgan miles and mark collie i mean it's just it's gonna be a great show and like i said i'm still just it's, it still seems like a dream still just seems like I'm dreaming. Well, you're not dreaming. A lot of hard work went into this. You weren't necessarily an overnight success, which I That's think right. a lot of people think that, that the music, um, the, I mean, definitely the TV shows help, but, you know, this has been something you've been thinking about um, for a while. You know, just That's two right. was just last week, we got the chance to talk to the girls at Chapel Heart and they're first on their first headlining tour coming up this year. And so I feel like, you know, you just keep at it, Peyton, and we'll be here talking about about oh, man, that for they're, you. They're sweet, man. We played it. I got to actually open up with them uh, in Meridian this year, and man, they're they're incredible, and they're the sweet people, and they deserve every bit of thing they got. So they're awesome. Well, let's go back to the fact that you've got young men who are headed into what'd you say the finals, quarterfinals there in basketball. That's right. So what's it like watching them expire and work hard and start chasing the dream of, you know, going, I guess, is it state? I'm trying to get my, my yeah, sporting yeah. So we right. got our district. Yeah, we got our district tournament coming up. But the ultimate goal every year, I mean, yeah, you want to win district and you want to go to North State and win it. But the ultimate goal is for that state championship. <laughs> so that's what we've, we're striving for. Bio Academy, we've never had one in basketball here so and that's our whole thing just building towards that and getting there so and it and this is my last year with basketball so of course we want to go out with a bang and so i just hopefully we get there so and like i said i've committed to them them and my brother which is the head coach i'm finishing this out i ain't just gonna quit something so i'm in it to the long haul have they heard another country song they have not my brother's heard it my brother's heard it no, no one else has heard it yet. Who are you most nervous in your inner circle to play like new music for in terms of your critic? Uh, I would just say my my I'd not say my closest friend, just my friends and stuff from my hometown. They've never heard the song yet. Or, of course, you never know how a song's going to do, but I'm just excited for them to kind of hear a new side of me. Where it's, I mean, it's really defines who I really am as a singer and as an artist. So is that's this, what I'm really excited for. Is this the single off of a new album? Or is it this? is. It is. We got an album gonna come out hopefully this year. Uh we've been we've got lots and lots and lots of songs we've been working on and been in the studio so much and uh but uh I don't know when that's gonna drop or what's gonna happen there, but I know this is gonna be my single, so I'm excited for Where it. Where is your studio, Peyton? Where do you go to record um another country song or some of your other works? 
Yeah, so we recorded this one actually with a guy named Brock Berryhill. He's actually produced a bunch of Kane Brown and Brandley Gilbert's records and all that other stuff. And uh, he's actually a writer on this song. And uh, we did this at his little studio in Nashville. So it was a really cool experience to be working with those kind of guys for the first time ever. So is this day going by super slow or super fast for you, Peyton? Because, you know, tomorrow's your big day. It is going super slow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sitting here at two o'clock. We got basketball practice at three, which that'll speed up a little bit of time. But it's just like, man, now I got to go home and go to sleep and wake up. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to sleep tonight. So, um, I know it's, it's exciting and everything is sort of coming together, but, uh, we want to make sure folks also know where they can stay up to date with you, where they can get tickets to your concert and all of that. So where's the base, best place? to stay connected with you, Peyton. Yeah, so absolutely. I've got a Facebook page. It's Peyton Aldridge Music. I've got a, of course, I've got promos and all this stuff on there, and I've actually got a link where you can just click the link and go buy direct tickets there. But you can also go to the Bologna Performing Arts Center website and go to tickets, and you can buy tickets from there. And, uh, and i got my Instagram. is the Peyton Aldridge. And, uh, yeah, you can just keep up with me on all social medias there. I'm everywhere. And then once it drops tomorrow on Country Music Radio, another country song, Peyton, can folks yes, stream it or download it in other places? So, so right now we're going to uh, – we're not dropping it for streaming on all that stuff yet. It's going to be a couple weeks out because we've got to get some more ducks in the road, but it should go hit the radio. So it's trying to give me some boost and give me some momentum going. So, Well, you're taking us out today. This is your acoustic version that came off your Instagram of you playing yes, another friend. country song. That's Peyton Aldridge. Best of luck to you, buddy. You're welcome back at any time, and we're rooting for you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Rhino, I saw someone say that Miley Cyrus is this generation's uh, Elena Morissette. I can see it, but Elena Morissette was actually talented. Yeah, but I bet she bought herself some own flowers, too, at some yeah. point. Yeah. All right. You can sign up and subscribe to Super Talk Mississippi News this week in Mississippi Newsletter. You'll get the news stories you need to know from the most powerful name in Mississippi News delivered to your email inbox. To sign up for free, you can go to supertalk.fm slash newsletter. I saw a headline that got me tickled. It's not every day you click on and you see Snoop Dogg adds Mississippi car to growing vintage collection. But there you go. There's a great story over at Super supertalk.fm about Snoop Dogg. You just he need any other sort of bio information. Um, added a new vehicle uh, with Mississippi ties to his notorious collection. The famous star uh, is known for obviously everything and he has an affinity for vintage 
vintage cars, he spotted a 1970 Buick Skylark in Gulfport and decided to claim it as his own, which I think is pretty cool. If you want to read the whole story, I can put it in the Good Things Facebook group or you can go over to supertalk.fm. But that leads perfectly into a link I sent you, Rhino, when it's talking about adding to the collection. You've often talked about your affection for One Piece here on the show. Even a listener gave you a Christmas present with it. But you do not hold the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of One Piece memorabilia. Did you even know that there was that much memorabilia from your beloved show? I had actually heard about the previous record holder because apparently he knows the author or is an acquaintance of the author and has written in because there's a whole right to the author part that comes out with the volumes where it's called the SBS. I don't even know what that stands for, but you can write a letter to the author and he'll pick out of a pile because he has a whole apartment just for letters to him because he wants his his goal is to read every letter somebody sends him wow he knows that's not possible but he actually tries which is admirable but he, he'll take letters and questions out of those and answer them every volume and i want to say the guy that previously held the record for the most one piece memorabilia is a regular questioner in the sbs but then this other guy comes along that you sent me, and it's like, wow. It's more than double the previous record. And, so, and where do you put it? And apparently he's running out of a whole lot of room. I just appreciate that he's in jorts, but they go down to his <laughs> you know, they go down to his knee. Like what would be – what would classify as memorabilia? Ah, oh, that could be any kind of little tchotchke. It could be a keychain. It could be an action figure. It could be a flag. It could be – I did notice in the article where – the new record holder with over 20,000 pieces of 20,125. Yeah, that's insane. Like, even if you paid a dollar for each, that's 20 Gs. And you know he's paid way more than a right. dollar for, for the vast so, majority yeah, of it. That of just collecting things. But he has three straw hats, which the main character of the story is Luffy, and he's famous for his straw hat. Yellow straw hat with a, a red band around it. Apparently, the new world record holder has three of those, autographed by Ichiro Oda, the author himself. Well, he's holding an adorable child. I'm assuming that's not memorabilia from the show. So maybe his idea is little one can sell all the One Piece stuff one day and go to college. I mean, if you have a big collection of classic G.I. Joes, you could probably afford to pay for college if you sold them all. But I think when you're connect, and there are worse things for you to spend your money on, as long as you are feeding your family and paying your bills, then who cares what you send your discretionary income on? Um, but it is interesting to those who get fixated on collecting and finding, and I find it fascinating because it's like a huge scavenger hunt for individuals. Um, my one of my uh, good friends in high school's mom was obsessed with Coca-Cola to the fact that you walked into their kitchen and it looked like. You know, a Coke advertising company just threw up on every everywhere. Little Coca-Cola, uh, salt and pepper shakers, Coca-Cola coffee mug, I mean, Coke, everything Coca-Cola. And uh, and you think at some point you'd get tired of it, but no, it becomes like a, a love affair with with either the brand or the show or what it stands for or whatever it may be, and it's just your thing. It's just your thing. I'm currently sitting at if you include posters. 10 pieces of merchandise. So I have a long way to go before I catch up to Do you add in your Yes, that's, that's the 10th one. Is there a piece of memorabilia or merchandise 
And now you have your cup from a wonderful listener that you're like, you looked into this photo and you're like, and Rhino needs that? Uh, about the only thing that I would covet from his collection would be he does have the first issue of Shonen Jump, which is the magazine they release in Japan that has all the different issues of all these different comics in it. He's got the first edition Shonen Jump when One Piece debuted in Japan. I think that would be a cool piece of merch to have, but I probably wouldn't spend near as much as he did for it. Mm. Pretty cool. All right. Well, stick with us. you got more coming up next. You've got the boys of Sports Talk from 36. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.